Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Talking CFD with Robin Knowles. It's kind of like my show, but for CFD nerds, prepare to ignite. What he said. Welcome to another episode of Talking CFD, the show for CFDers looking to start or grow their own CFD businesses by learning from others. Today I'm talking with Stefan Harris, one of the co-founders of German CAE software company Friendship Systems. They're the guys behind Cases, the software suite for simulation engineers that's making itself a home in the CFD space. Welcome along, Stefan. Hello, Robin. Thank you for inviting me. Now we've had a lot of messing about with this recording, so uh, this is the we've we've been through this a few times. But uh, Stefan's done a very good job several times of uh, describing what cases is. So I'm going to let him loose again, and then uh, <laughs> we'll um, we'll pick it up from there. C- can you tell us and anybody listening what cases is about, and uh, maybe even a little bit about how it came about? Yeah, um, cases is a software suite for simulation engineers. Um, it is meant that you look into variants of your product, of your shapes that you are designing. And uh, cases is typically connected to CFD codes, um, primarily. Actually, any code that can be run in batch mode can be coupled to cases, but most people would run their CFD codes uh, together with cases and look into uh, design of experiments and uh, do optimization studies to understand which variants, which cases, so to say, work best for uh, a particular purpose for the design task. Um, Cases itself is actually spelled C-A-E-S-E-S, and that stands for Computer-Aided Engineering System empowering simulation. And it's, it's important to know that even though we are in a CFD um, podcast, cases doesn't have a CFD code um, of its own, but we typically work together with the established codes or with your own flow codes that, that people have developed um, by themselves, in-house codes and companies. Anything that can be run in batch mode is then connected to cases. Since you asked Robin uh, what, what cases also contains, uh, let me elaborate a bit further just to give you an idea. Yeah, because it's a suite, isn't it? Rather than just a, uh, it's not a single tool. It's a, Right, right. Um, it's got one unified graphical user interface, but actually there are five things uh, that uh, cases contains. We call them the big five. Um, most notably, there is what we call variable geometry. Um, I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, just to, to give you an overview, let's start variable geometry. Then you typically, for your CFD code, you need some pre-processing. For instance, you want to produce watertight tri-meshes, uh, export them as STL files and, and give to your mesh generator. Then you, of course, need to couple somehow to these external codes. They might run on your local machine. They might run on a cluster. Then, of course, when you look at many variants, um, and it might literally be hundreds or even thousands of variants that you study, you need some good mechanisms of comparison. This is our post-processing functionality, number four in the big five. And the fifth one then is uh, the modules that you would need to do optimization. And when we, when we say optimization, the meaning is that we really do formal mathematical optimization and that would uh, entail really many, many, many variants that people want to study, not just may, maybe two or three or five or six, but as said, it might turn out to be a hundred or even a thousand variants that we are looking into. So these are the big five, and um, 
Yeah, variable geometry, this is a really important part of cases. Um, everyone that uh, maybe works together with a CAT department and, and being a CVD person would know it, it might take a little while to get new CAT um, geometry from your colleagues. And sometimes that CAT geometry is also not, say, fit or what we would call simulation ready um, for your CFD analysis. So you spend lots of time in, in doing defeaturing and, and preparing your CAT. And that's where the variable CAT, the what we call upfront CAT, comes into play that we offer within cases. Then we want to give people mechanisms that they can nicely produce their own uh, geometries that are then simulation ready that you can directly cast um, into your CFD code. Yeah, uh, I know. I appreciate that you're not entirely comfortable with me tagging you as a CFD business with the uh, the clue being <laughs> in the in the first three letters of cases CAE. But you've you definitely found a niche within CFD. I, I don't think I know of any any similar tools that, um, that certainly have all that functionality. Were they? developed with with cfd in mind was that an intentional focus or is it just something where your your suite fits really well with what cfd guys need at the moment yeah it, it was intentionally developed uh for simulation people and in particular for for cfd engineers uh when when we started the company Back in 2001, uh, as a spin-off from the Technical University of Berlin, uh, we actually already had uh, optimization work done and geometric modeling um, on a parametric basis for the maritime industry. Mm-hmm. And we were seeing that um, being able to change shapes quite nicely, always maintain a high-quality shape, and then bringing that together with a um, high-fidelity CFD code would give you insight into um, shape options, into variations that you would probably not study um, just by intuition. Sometimes shapes actually come out to be a bit counterintuitive. So they look a little different to what people expect. And then when they start thinking about them, they all of a sudden realize, hey, wait a minute, this is actually working. And... um, yeah, we we worked on this um, from an academic, from a research perspective when we were still at the university. And then we knew, okay, there is some honey to uh, to gain from, from this coupling of geometric modeling on one side, uh, optimization on the other side, and then simulation, primarily CFD. Um, and hence, we said, okay, we wanted to start a company that, that can actually support that. So it was not a coincidence. It was really uh, by um, on on purpose and the very heart and soul of the of the business setup. So were you guys consulting to the maritime industry before this? Yeah, this is um, actually uh, an important point um, since we are also talking about entrepreneurship and and how to start a company. Um, we didn't start as a pure software company. Uh, we we had the software business in mind because there are things like scalability and of course if you are convinced about something that you really really like you want other people to yeah to get hooked up and uh and 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 uh let them do it too so we started um more or less 50 50 uh with consultancy work and with software development and uh we 
took the tools that we had developed at the Technical University in Berlin um, with us um, in a, so to say, license agreement. The university was very supportive. So we had a, a stock of things that we could bring together when we started the consultancy. But we soon realized that um, what might work for a bunch of experts in the field, you cannot really give to anyone outside and they would be uh, uh, living with it happily ever after. So there, there is more to it that we, that we needed. And that's where we decided, okay, while we are doing consultancy, we want to ramp up that software development and then finally, of course, also have a product that is um, ready to utilize and that is, so to say, easy enough to, to use. And that's when, so to say, Cases started. So Cases is a, is a downloadable product. Did you ever consider building it in the browser or was it too early for that when it started live? That was uh, too early then. Um, so... Having started the company itself in 2001, we then got very serious in 2004, uh, where we had some um, seed money um, from the German government to support a spin-off, um, a high-technology spin-off from a, a German university. Um, and at that time, 2004, uh, when we yeah, more or less said we would start programming everything anew, um, primarily in C++, um, it was too early. The bandwidth were not there for maybe doing things um, online so much. And I'd say also the mindset was not there yet that you would bring things into the cloud. Uh, that has certainly developed um, quite a bit later. Um, and of course, there are also activities in, in our company where we look into what can we possibly um, provide as a web service so that uh, people can utilize maybe certain app type um, geometric modeling applications and optimization uh, stuff also without having to download and install and run uh, the tool on their local machine. So you guys have got kind of the the lighter weight end of the uh, the simulation spectrum and then you could offload the uh, the heavy lifting of the the solutions to uh, to the cloud. Yeah. I, th I think um actually maybe either either end uh there might be the the heavyweight side where people then go very serious in uh, in in high performance computing um outside their own sort of say walls. Um but also on the other side, where things are a bit lighter, where you might not need the um, full functionality and the extremely fast graphical uh, user uh, interaction, uh, but maybe have a, a rather um, low-end product, but still you would like to do this parametrically and, and set it up with a code that someone provides and you might not be your own CFD expert, or you might not have a CFD expert on your own. So that I think it's it's um, there. There are um, web-based solutions on either end of the spectrum. That's an interesting take. I hadn't thought of that. Do you think for a company starting out as a uh, as as a product company, do you think there's any advantages to building a, a downloadable product over, say, something that's delivered as a SaaS model or something like that? I'd say anything that can be um, quickly downloaded people can get started without much um hassle i mean with cases free for instance you just download the software from our website you um register 
and then you can get started. I think probably 10 minutes uh, after you, you, have, you have made your download. And that is an advantage that people can just play around with. Um, and you would be able to, um, to appreciate what the software can do. I mean, you can take a look at videos and everything, of course, but you wouldn't necessarily get the look and feel and, and maybe then decide for yourself, do I like that piece of software or <laughs> is it maybe too complicated for me or I might not like the look of it? Um, so I'd say the the important about these things of, of downloadable software, um, but also as software as a service, is that you have a very easy entrance, that you can start working with it quickly without going through massive administrative things. Yeah. So I think cases, would that would it be described as freemium? I mean, it's certainly not a free trial. There's a free version that, that covers probably quite a lot of people's needs. And then there's a, yeah, there's a yeah. pro version for, for heavier users. I think, is yeah. it... Is it the optimization and, and super duper support that you get when you get on the paid plan? Yes, exactly. Um, so with cases free, you can get started and you have that whole upfront cat functionality and you can actually also couple to your CD code. But at some point, of course, people um, uh, need to realize that we have to, um, to pay our people here too. And that's where we have the professional version. And that then allows you to undertake these, say, full-fledged optimization studies. Uh, with a free version, you can still run a few variants, but you cannot get very serious in, say, the hundreds or even thousands of uh, cases that you would study. So that uh, is out of the scope of the free version. But the free version is not, so say, a super light, you cannot really do anything version. It is also quite a massive product yeah. in itself and you can utilize it for commercial pro uh, projects. So we, what we typically do is we allow people to uh, use it for um, half a year at a time when they take the license and then we renew the license. So people ah, can okay. it's and, and this this is the idea that people can really start appreciating that specific upfront cat that parametric modeling that we offer and then see the benefit at some point that they can actually go beyond what they are currently doing and go into the optimization and then hopefully we are convincing enough with our offer that they will say hey we go for the professional version of cases i guess that gives you a good opportunity to get back in touch with people and, and bring it bring it back to front of mind for people who perhaps got the free version and then kind of put it to one side because something more important came up or something like yeah, that yeah yeah having a freemium model having that free version that is pretty full fit well generously featured and you know we can you can use it for commercial software and things like that is that your main acquisition channel or do people some people just dive straight into the pro version yeah, I'd say it's very diverse. Um, of course, people um, that use the, the free version are those people that are, that we talk to. Um, they sometimes have questions and then we get in touch. We have a forum um, on our website so that um, people that, that utilize Cases Free can uh, interact with each other and help each other. People start appreciating the things that they can do with the free version and then either contact us or send us requests um, or we reach out to them too um, if we can help them in a way. 
So some people then would say, okay, I might go for a temporary professional license um, and uh, just do a pilot project. So this is one channel to get attention, of course, but there are many other. Um, I mean, there's the website, of course. Yep. We have a um, YouTube video channel. Um, we have a blog. Uh, we are present in LinkedIn. We go to conferences. Uh, we do um, R&D projects, both in Germany, but also at European level. So I'd say th there is no one thing that works for everything, uh, but it's rather that um, you need a, a presence in, in various um, media and then getting attention from all sorts of um, um, directions. And of course, I mean, the nicest thing is that people just write us emails or call us and tell us, hey, a friend of mine or a colleague of mine, maybe someone I studied with in another company, they are using cases and they're really happy and I've seen a few cool things. Uh, can we talk and, and, and see how things work? But to get the message out in a, in a broader sense, the tools like uh, freemium um, and, and, and the um, uh, social media, they are absolutely necessary, we believe. So on a similar note, I noticed you recently did a, a webinar on using cases as a as a GUI for open phone. Mm -hmm. Now, a, a lot of people um, are put off by open phone because of the, the lack of GUI. Is that something you you did intentionally or is it something that you noticed your users were doing and decided to, to promote that? Yeah, the latter. Um, uh, I'd say when, when we started um, the cases developments, open phone was not really around much. Um, and um, we have yeah, noticed um, a few years ago that more and more companies would um, yeah, heavily invest into open foam. They would maybe run a few commercial um, codes and then, so to say, a sidetrack, start with open foam. Or, say, younger um, companies, younger people would start with open foam because it's it's uh, for free basically yeah, yeah. um but it's it's got the the other side of um you have to spend time into running open foam and, and configuring everything and, and you would probably not have the same set uh, level of support as you would get from the commercial tools um and then we realized uh as you said there are a couple of things in open foam that are maybe missing uh that we can um yeah bring to the table and this is certainly um a certain graphical user interface to bring geometry towards open foam and then do these variations and, and some um, of the post-processing visualization of CFD um, stuff. So it, it didn't start that we said, okay, we want to become a GUI for open foam, um, but rather, hey, there, there's a good uh, match and uh, people can um, scale up uh, their open foam um, uh, usage quite nicely. Say on a cluster, uh, you don't have the license issue so much as with, say, commercial tools. And then, of course, a tool like Cases comes in nicely where you then run uh, lots of um, simulations to, to understand yeah, the trade-offs of, of changes, shape changes, for instance. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that the tools like cases coupled with open foam, coupled with some remote computing would help make CFD optimization much more 
accessible than I think it probably is. I'd argue it's something that a casual user couldn't easily do at the moment. Do, do you think that's going to be an emerging area that we'll see more CFD businesses popping up in that sector and around optimization? Yeah, I'd say um, usability and maybe the the ease to do certain things um, will pick up. Um, I mean, when we compare the situation uh, today to what we have seen maybe 15 years ago in the CFD sector, um, there, there are more wizards, uh, there's more um, support available uh, that maybe not only the super experts can run a reasonable simulation. Yeah. And I would guess that there is um, more coming um, also from the um, yeah, freemium community. But you can also see that the commercial vendors are investing heavily in making things easier, um, that you need less expert knowledge to be able to drive your simulation to a um, very high level of accuracy uh, without having, so to say, to rely on 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 twenty years of CFD experience. Yeah, and I, I'd say that is a a, a general um, path uh, that the technology is getting more and more established. But now that the technology is becoming available, you have to to bring it a bit more, say, to the masses, to those people that might not have, say spend another uh, three years in a postgraduate study at a university and went up and down through turbulence models and uh, grid generation and whatnot, but to make it easier. And then uh, by doing that, we believe that people will even, uh, that people will use CFD even more to go into these variant analyses and trying to understand what if, if I change this and that, what's going to happen? Uh, can I do a bit better? And this is where CFD is really cool and, and good at, where you start ranking designs. And we can definitely see that, that this is picking up um, a lot in the market. Okay. Companies are convinced that they gain um, from CFD not by just analyzing one or two um, product alternatives, but that they actually really get the much better insight when they look at, say, hundreds of variants. Do you think a joint is going to be a big part of that, or is it still too early for a joint? Uh, I don't think it's er too early for a joint. It's, uh, I'd say it's still at the um, uh, cutting edge. Yeah. Um, we actually, within cases, we support adjoint solutions um, by means of our parametric models that you can combine your, uh, what is called your, um, uh, flow sensitivities, your adjoint uh, sensitivities, uh, namely where would you need to change your geometry in order to improve an objective, say pressure drop or homogeneity or resistance or something, with um, our parametric models that we offer in cases. So th that is something that we are seeing, but it's at this point I'd say it is really R&D level, um, maybe not yet... Um, uh, maybe apart from the automotive industry, fully applicable in a standard yeah, industrial environment. Yeah, kind of not mass market. But I can see that coming. Right. Do you guys have plans to move across into FEA or are the use cases different enough that your strengths that we've already discussed won't easily translate into that? Uh, yeah, FEA is definitely um, an area where if you have 
a variable geometry problem, so to say, and variable geometry then comes to play, particularly when you have um, free forms that you'd like to parametrically describe, turbine blades, uh, ship hull forms, uh, ducts, um, components of a pump, maybe a compressor or a turbocharger. So when, when, when these geometries are evaluated, you, of course, have on the one side the uh, flow, but on the other side, um, more and more that people need to look into the structural uh, part. And th this is where we try to develop cases further so that um, even though you can already connect to um, FEA codes, um, that uh, there's a smoother, um, uh, say, coupling between, between the CFD and the FEA codes. And you can realize that through cases already but of course there's always sort of say, room for improvement to make it even lighter so that if people need to to study fluid structure interaction for instance that they can actually use cases as the coupling mechanism or just run it in a sequential mode uh, because cases wouldn't allow you only to just connect to one code you can actually set up a whole process chain. So you might start with your um, CFD analysis, get some loads for the structural analysis, then you trigger the structural analysis, you get some feedback, maybe displacements. You might have then to rerun um, your simulation in, in the flow domain, etc. And And you can really make long, long uh, process chains. But what, what, we are, what we are seeing and what we are working on too is that Again, you have to make it uh, nice and easy to use because then it quickly becomes a very uh, sophisticated problem where, again, only the expert can can run it. And this is something uh, where I can see a benefit in, in the uh, next years where bringing together various simulation codes, maybe even beyond the classic CFD and FEA but more towards design um, that then you would have these many tools talk to each other, interchanging information and helping you as the designer from a simulation perspective to bring forward a really great product, something that's even a bit better than what many people do already right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. What What is next for cases then? Yeah, we, we have sort of say... Um, Many ideas in our roadmap. Um, our current version is cases uh, four. And when you sort of say look back um, 2016, back to 20 uh, to, to 2004, um, that's uh, already quite some time. So we have not really increased the numbering uh, extremely quickly. Um, but there are, so to say, many things uh, that, that uh, customers of ours, of ours users um, bring to the table and tell us, can you do this and that? And then out of our research projects, we have many ideas uh, what to work on. And then, of course, so to say, general trends that we see in the industry. And we, we all put that together in yeah, what we call our roadmap for the, um, for the developments. And just to give you um, some ideas, we already touched that adjoint uh, simulation. That is something that we are investing heavily in, where we bring together parametric modeling on one side and and adjoints. Uh, then we are working on, so to say, the usability constantly uh, in cases, as also just elaborated a little. Um, then there are things that might... Um, 
have to do more with the um, processor changes. We see that there are more cores uh, used in standard computers than a few years back. So we are working on a parallel version of cases, um, making the, the setup and the updating process of complicated parametric models much faster. Then there are, I should say, many, many small things that we work on, again, from the usability point of view. And then from, say, the bigger picture, it's really that we also look into solutions as we discussed, software as a service, bringing uh, up solutions that are a bit more tuned towards specific applications to make it easier, again, for certain type of engineers to benefit from the technology. Cases right now is applicable in many industries. We have customers, of course, in the maritime industry where we sort of say come from, but then it's customers in the automotive industry. It's customers in turbo machinery, um, people in the aerospace engineering field. So it, it's very broad and you can do whatever from upfront CAD to this full-fledged optimization with cases. But sometimes you need maybe a more tuned down version where people say, okay, Actually, I just do pumps and we actually just do actual uh, pumps <laughs> to make it a bit more narrow. And we are thinking of uh, that that could be um, um, a nice derivative of cases that we have more specific um, solutions for certain types of applications. Internally, we call them apps, even though we, of course, know that it's not like um, a smartphone app in the end. But it's at least something where we don't, uh, ship the entire um, functionality, but make it a bit easier for the person uh, that is not the expert to benefit. A vertical app. Yeah, <laughs> a vertical app. So plenty, plenty on the roadmap then. I've got a quick question for you though. When can I get a Mac version or do I have to do some Docker magic and run the Linux version? <laughs> yeah, I think the latter is uh, what, what people would typically do. We have a few Mac users that actually went down that road. Um but there are not so many Mac people <laughs> uh, that that, that um, have taken an interest in cases so far. If that's picking up, that's definitely an option because um, the platform independence uh, is an important um, development concept of ours. Uh, we use Qt or Qt as our um, GUI library, and that allows um, to to support these different platforms. And what we can also see that. Sometimes people work in, in uh, disparate environments where they might have their local Windows machine and then they have a Linux cluster somewhere and maybe yet another Linux computer somewhere else where a certain um, simulation code is running. And with cases, we offer what we call a resource, um, a resource manager that would allow you to bring together these various sources. And if, of course, people have... A specific problem and they say hey we want to get the professional version of cases but we need a, a mac version well then we can definitely discuss uh but it's it's not so to say super hot on on our priority list right i'm going to start some sort of uh, social media campaign <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i'm going to thank you for your time today stefan where should the listeners go if they want to find more about cases or, or take it for a spin or catch one of your webinars or something like that yeah um Best thing, I guess, would be to go to our website. It's www.cases.com, cases, C-A-E-S-E-S. -E -E I think you'll find everything. You find videos, you find um, 
papers from conferences, there is um, tutorials, online tutorials. You have the download there of the free version. Uh, but I'd say it's probably easy just to, to search us um, in the web and, and I think you'll find us straight away. Sounds good. So I urge anybody who hasn't been there already to go there, find some sort of contact details and email Stefan and ask him for a Mac version. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that's what you need to do. I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing over there with, with cases. Um, so uh, I wish you every success with it. Thanks again, Stefan. All right, thank you. Well, I guess you're still listening. You must have got something out of this. So why not hop over to talkingcfd.com and sign up for the mailing list? Be good to have you. You'll get updates of new episodes and also more info about the end of season roundtable that I'm planning, where you can join me and some of this season's guests live for a little Q&A session. If that's your speed, then drop your email in the box at talkingcfd.com and I'll keep you in the loop. See you next time. Thank you.